and welcome to this week's episode of the Making It in Asheville podcast. This is your friendly neighborhood podcast where each week we sit down with a local Asheville entrepreneur, maker, community leader, and ask them what it is that they're making and how they are making it in Asheville. And this week, we are uh, getting into some tech. So with Anuj Patel of Tech House Asheville, opened in October of 2020, I don't know if you know, but last year there was a big pandemic. And so to open a business, open a brick and mortar business, no less, uh, in that it requires a lot, it requires courage, requires uh, tenacity, requires uh, some know-how and perhaps a, a, a realization that there is a need in the community and a uh, place to step into and, and, uh, and a population to serve. And so... This podcast, we're going to try and dig into that with Anuj. And so, Anuj, uh, please introduce yourself to uh, the podcast community, growing <laughs> larger by the day. Say hello. Hey, what's up, guys? <laughs> uh, as Tony mentioned, my name's Anuj. And uh, first, I want to take a second to thank, thank you, uh, Tony, for taking the time out, uh, having this podcast with me. Uh, super excited about it. Moved to Asheville about seven years ago in uh, spring around in the spring of 2014. Okay. So really, right around seven years ago now, and uh, kind of came here to just get a change of pace of life. You know, uh, I've lived in uh, Raleigh, North Carolina, so not far mm -hmm. from here. A good major chunk of my life, I had a lot of family and friends and a life there. Um, and so I didn't want to move too far, and I came here, and uh, it, it's just been a wild ride. And I love the mountains, I love the air, and uh, I love being able to to have my own business here. It's kind of like really a dream come true. So I I I love that. I know very little about Raleigh, but I do uh, I do know that it's a it's a neighbor city. Well, a question for you is uh, in those seven years. And and I really want to get into tech house, but like in those seven years, have you always been in tech? Is that is that your background? Ooh, yeah. I mean, when I moved here to Asheville, I was actually working for Apple, oh. Apple Incorporated. But I was working from home as an Apple Care uh, senior representative. So the person you spoke to on the phone or chatted with when your computer really <laughs> wasn't working, when you were furious, when you were, you know. At your at wit's end, and uh, it's a I did power. that for quite a while. Even before I moved to Asheville, I had worked in retail environments, either selling or providing services, mm. mostly, I feel like, educating. So uh, when I moved to Asheville and I didn't work for Apple anymore, even the jobs I had, basically uh, a lot of small businesses and stuff, a few, they always wanted me to do their tech work too. Like I always ended up doing the tech work at the office, whatever they needed doing. So whether it's been directly my job or not, I've always just kind of <laughs> relied on that skill to, to take me further. Yeah. So I, I'll tell you that uh, I think that there are a few roles more daunting, intimidating, challenging than being uh, what I'll call in the hot seat with someone who thinks that they spent a <laughs> lot of money on something that is not working the way that they wanted it to work. And so uh, well, t tell us a little bit, what, what is Tech House then? Is that is that just the embodiment of that role here in Asheville? It totally is. You know, um, our, it, we want it to be a one-stop shop. You know, 
a lot of rules of business dictate that it's good to have a niche. It's mm. good to have a very specific category. And while I understand that to be true, and I think that that's awesome, for us, we know that the average person has many different items, electronics, technology, pieces of um, machinery that mm. it makes it a challenge for them to use. Yeah. So we wanted to have that ability to be able to let people come in, learn about the stuff they're using, be able to use that as tools and be able to, you know, go further in their life with that. And uh, it's just kind of when you're, when you have the space to be able to do that and you're able to just like really sit down, make the customer comfortable, Mm. make them feel like they're not in some digital, like, crazy electronics world all the time there's plants there's earth tones and there's just this vibe of like sunlight and like early and i are both outdoors people we love the outdoors but we love technology just as much so it's always just trying to combine and bring that together for everybody perfect so uh early is your business partner Early is my business partner, yeah, and he's uh, he's he's a good good part of the brains behind the operation as well. Wonderful. And so uh, with with Tech House, it seems to me that your focus is like consumer uh, individuals. Uh, do you service businesses yeah. as well? You mentioned businesses, and we do. We okay. do typically businesses we service. Like we'll we'll have some uh, some business owners or you know people. Uh, that are bringing their machines into us for business, but mostly with business B2B, what we do is on-site services. So um, oftentimes restaurants, restaurants are a huge category because all the POS systems, everything is super computerized. It's all network based, half of it's cloud based. Um, It's still wireless technology as great as it is for running a POS system. It's just not secure. It's not fast. It's not stable enough. So they have to, you have to have hardwired Ethernet cables typically to be most effective, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we we kind of work and cater with all <clears throat> businesses because, like I said earlier, as I lived in Asheville, so many of the jobs I had, even though it might have been shipping and packaging manager, it might have been like this operation manager, half of what I always ended up doing was the tech-related stuff that they needed. Yeah came naturally to me. Yeah. And I enjoyed doing it. So I was like, if you're going to pay me, you might as well pay me to do the work I like. Oh, you know? I love it. And and it's incredibly <laughs> valuable work. I mean, when I when I think about the businesses that my wife and I are touching right now, you know, uh, a carpenter has uh, hammers and saws and uh, glue, all these things. All of our tools, mm-hmm. almost all of them, are this machine. Like that's it, <laughs> you know, like like everything else is just makes this machine a little bit better if we're doing it right, and so uh, maximizing our ability to pull from this machine, understand it, uh, or or I guess you know this machine. I'm pointing at computers and a yeah, cell phone I mean, for those not on our YouTube channel. Uh, you know those two things are like the only tools that a that some small business owners actually use. To, to communicate with customers to grow their business. Yeah. And so so sitting in your role makes you, to me, an incredibly important, potentially part of small teams and perhaps even more important part of big teams. Yeah. 
I mean, uh, that was part of the inspiration. There was many levels of inspiration of opening a brick and mortar during the middle of the pandemic. Mm. But one of it, one of the reasons was that, you know, purely from a business standpoint, I knew that this is a need now more than ever because I was already in business when the pandemic started. Mm. I was, I just didn't have the brick and mortar. I had my company established. I had my website, I had done marketing, I had my Google page with reviews, I had Instagram, Facebook, I wasn't really very active on the social media then, I didn't really know what to do, I was still figuring it out, mm-hmm. but at least I had it set up, so when somebody came, looked me up, they're like, oh, this is this is real deal, you know, even if it's just one, one person doing, doing something, you know, and so as the pandemic started, I was trying to be very cautious of my health and everything because there's so many unanswered questions. So I had to actually kind of take a pause from the jobs and be really cautious and see what work to do and what not to do. Mm -hmm. But that's when it really became clear to me that I need to have a space, you know, Mm -hmm. Uh, I need to be able to have customers be able to meet me somewhere instead of like meeting as much as the remote service is great. It's not uh, everybody's solution. Yeah, it's a some people solution. I, I hear- for for a good majority of the chunk of people, having a clean, safe space to bring your device in, it's just it's it's good. You know, it <laughs> definitely brings in more revenue than if you don't have a physical space. It's just fact. <laughs> I I, I, <laughs> me, can, I, I can imagine that. I can believe that. I, I fancy myself IT literate. Uh, I may not be and do not have an a, you know advanced degree, but I can definitely read. Right, I get it. Uh, uh, for sure, for sure. And, and so, you know, to play IT tech support for, I'll call it my grandfather, who just got an iPhone, uh, or, you know, trying, uh, the TV won't turn on, right? What happened? The TV won't turn on. There's only really so much you can do over a phone or in a webcast mm-hmm. with someone. And so I'm hearing you <laughs> and I'm agreeing with like a physical, with some things on tech, you need to like, you know, you swipe yeah. down from like from off the screen onto the screen yeah. and then this opens up or, you you know, uh, it's hard to s- communicate, but it's easy to show. And beyond beyond that, even I can do better work mm. in a lesser time mm. when you bring it to my shop, because I have we have our setup. We have all of our tools here now. Really, you know, it's designed for it. Mm. versus having to work around and having a home office and, you know, meeting clients in public somewhere. It's just like this whole different game and uh, loving it. <laughs> Great. So, I mean, I'd love to hear the process of, of finding a space, right? So it, it, does, it my understanding of your timeline is that even your own business would have been relatively young. What is, what does it look like to find a storefront and then get, I imagine a loan for it or or sign a lease. What what is that process? like? Sure, sure, sure. So exactly. You, you must, you, you must be reading my mind. So (laughs) when I, Oh, I see the lag now, by the way. Sorry. (laughs) Um, so to answer your question, when, um, when I was, got the space kind of before I was getting the space, I was looking around just to get numbers and facts and figures. I already knew that the business was growing, but we weren't quite, I wasn't quite at the place where I could justify having a space. I was get on my way there, but I wasn't. Uh, Now 
you know, this is early 2020. I'm just kind of looking around, even a little before that, just getting an idea of what do I have to budget for. Mm -hmm. And um, uh, one of my friends who who um, I had made used to occupy the space before me. Um, basically, it was just talking, and out of nowhere, I found out that, oh, the lease is ending, and it's in downtown. And I was like, oh, this is cool. This is great. Um, you know, this, this would be awesome, but there is no way I can afford this, you know, like there is no way. Um, and thankfully, surprisingly, it was just a lot more reasonably priced and the landlord was just super cooperative mm. and like the landlord, uh, he's just this person that you can tell, like, he's just wants to see everyone succeed, anyone. And like he is so extremely supportive. I've never had a, a residential or business landlord of any sort on this level of like wanting to see me and early succeed just because he sees two people working hard and on it. And like, you know, while so, you know, whatever everyone's life is like, but however, like during the pandemic, you know, we were working hard. Like yeah. we had no choice but to like build and this and that and like 15 hour days and crash wherever and then wake up and do it so um that was kind of the process getting this space was a huge thing knowing that this is available and that like it's a risk about if we can swing the wrench or not but it's enough it was good enough where we knew that like let's do it sure. we're just gonna make it happen no matter what we're gonna make it happen um so that's one thing uh second thing is i did have a little bit of money saved as I was trying to for for this uh, business. So I had a little bit of my own investment in that. And then we had outside investors as well, private investors, um, contacts that I have had and family as well. Everyone has pitched in. And uh, the biggest thing is that me and Ellie put our time, energy and work into it. We didn't hire a single person. Hmm. It's not because we just didn't want to. I would have loved to have hired somebody do this and somebody do that. It's just that we were trying to build a business for about a quarter of the cost that it would take, literally a quarter of the cost that it would take. And that involved us doing every aspect of it. And we, we, we built the place uh, by built, I mean like fully renovated it mm -hmm. within three months, just wow. two of us and, <laughs> and my Toyota Prius, <laughs> you know, two of us in a Toyota Prius and, I'm telling you that uh, we used that car like a truck. I mean, it was my truck. I had a eight foot slab of wood in there at one point, part of it sticking out the front passenger window. And then with the trunk door open and tied, I'm like, we just did it. We had to do it. Right. Yeah. Like, limit resources are limited during pandemic time. Like it's hard to like get help from people or like, you know, the customer service industry in general mm. seemed to have taken a hit. So it was, a lot of challenges. Things were new. A lot of people not answering calls, mm. you know, city, this, that, anybody. So it was just a lot of hurdles, and, and but it was, like, totally worth it. Like, the day we finished com construction, the day we had been like, whoa, this happened. We got the funding. We got the space. We built the thing. We were ready to open. We literally locked the door put the alarm on and went to the beach for like four days. <laughs> Forgot so, about it. 
the day construction ended or like locked the doors. I think uh, the PR team had come to take pictures, so we took pictures. And as soon as we took pictures, closed the door, gone to the beach for a few days before we opened the shop, you know, take a real break. Uh, I love that. Nice. And just to date stamp that, uh, did you start the lease in October and then fit, like opened, I guess, early 2021? No, we opened, uh, we started the lease in late July, early Got August. It. I basically had a, uh, made an agreement with the old tenant and then landlord being so, so, so chill and just like letting things happen. We worked out an agreement so that I could get in there a bit early. She could get out uh, early as well and pay a little, pay less money. Yeah. She had already closed her business down um, pandemic mm-hmm. related, you know, the retail at the time. So lease was ending. They were planning on moving out anyways um to do different things and uh just just worked out heard yeah and and not taking anything away from your kind-hearted landlord but that's a dream scenario it seems for a landlord during a pandemic where tons of people were trying to break leases and lower leases and and get ious to have someone who's like no i want to pay you like i want i want to take this over i want this space like and i'm going to be a great tenant you you sound like a dream. So while while uh, you know your landlord may in fact be a dream landlord, I'm sure you also we, seem we, like we a dream tenant. <laughs> we totally just look out for each other. Yeah. That's, that's the best way to do it. You know that's 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 what we try to do in our business and our shop all every day with mm-hmm. anybody. You know, a customer, uh, another professional, or like you know, a delivery driver, anything. Like let's just take care of each other. In the year 2014, I cut my hand open trying to do something fancy and open a bottle of beer. That little cut happened 3 o'clock in the morning. My only option was to go to a hospital in New York City. That quick trip got me four or five stitches. Those five stitches cost me about $1,000 each, maybe a little more. I paid off that hospital visit for years and it made me never want to go to a hospital again. And so when we heard about Range Urgent Care in Asheville, who has a very convenient uh, model, one that says, show up anytime, book ahead of time, and you will be seen when we say that we would see you. Uh, they do virtual visits, they do home visits, and they have a pricing model that is consistent, 149 every time you come in. And you can go in for anything that's not proper emergency care, 149 every single visit for x-rays, for stitches for uh, a checkup. You can you can go and not have to mortgage your home to pay off the treatment. How about that? Sounds amazing. Where would you go to learn more about this? You'd go to makingitinashville.com forward slash range. We have links to a number of range subscription options. I subscribe to a single person's uh, subscription plan cost me $30 a month and I love it. It gives me peace of mind. And I know that I will not go bankrupt if I ever cut my hand in the middle of the night trying to open up a bottle of beer. Rangeurgentcare.com or making it in Asheville.com forward slash range to learn more about these plans. And go from there. That sounds like a great operating uh, thesis. Let's take care of one another. So uh, you 
figure out and it's so funny i'm imagining a little prius like jousting with other cars <laughs> with like a two by four oh, sticking God. out the window uh, oh yeah but uh i i i am empathetic i'm looking to get a truck because our subaru does not feel like it can hold the things that i want to put into it so figuring out how to make it happen uh seems to be uh hardwired into your system so let's let's talk about some of the things that uh have happened in the the months since uh opening in october what's what's been what's been going on sure so um we've been busy which is really great you know the first week or two was very nerve-wracking nobody knew about us we had done moderate amount of marketing but you know being new to this like opening a brick and mortar not a franchise i come from like my a background of business from my family but mm. uh, a lot of them have done franchises and things like that so it's a whole kind of different game when you have to do it from scratch so we didn't have a lot of marketing uh didn't but had a decent amount we were trying you know flyers this and that and first week or two was kind of slow and trickle here and there and then once the phone started ringing it was like literally every day something's going on yeah. like major we only have one or two days where it's like slow and chill and we'll even take those days to just like soak it in and enjoy it and still be there working and present but like thankful that like hey it's slowed down you know but even right now, we're still very much uh, continuously reinvesting into the business. You know, that's what that's the best thing to do. And uh, yeah, and and to to be uh, a bit explicit on that, uh, sure. to take investment to um, to build out a place. Am I am I right to assume that there's a meaningful retail component? Because my mind, at least in the conversation so far, mm-hmm. has thought a lot about service right like i'm going to help you fix a thing and that might just be you know uh, intellectual capacity like i know how to fix it so i'm going to fix a thing i'm gonna charge you hourly or per project but there there is a meaningful retail component is that right because to reinvest i imagine you're buying products exactly i mean uh part of the retail there's a couple of different avenues of retail and honestly if we're going to get real technical and nerdy even the service is the retail it Mm. is like uh part of the retail but then as far as actual physical goods being sold we we sell like basically any accessories uh things that you would need in alongside with the service or just in general Mm -hmm. so adapters plugs cables usb flash drives hard drives um you name it any kind of computer accessory that kind of stuff we really sell another thing we do is we do sell used computers mac and pc uh oftentimes we have macs in stock in our display shelf we try to keep them stocked but uh so you know we bring them in we'll buy them either used get them from a supplier find them online we fix them up we service them completely we have a specific like list of procedures for every machine that we bring into service to sell uh, and we basically make it as close to refurbished as possible. Uh-huh. Uh, give it a new new thermal paste, whatnot. And then, so we sell used computers as well. And, and the same way we do, we work with PCs as well. PCs, there's so many different choices and varieties and, you know, things like that. We don't keep them in stock, but we always tell people it's on our website. Anytime somebody calls in, like, 
<laughs> with a used PC, you name your price, you name your function, leave the rest to us. Because most of the times we can do it. You know, we'll still give you a realistic expectation of what you are going to get. But um, if you're in the market for a used PC, like there's ways to do it. Sure. Like I'll if, I, if I, I need something that's going <laughs> to help me web browse. Uh, I need Chrome and I need to be able to like use a, you know, online word processor. You're, we got you, got you covered. There you go. Right. Exactly. Uh, Yeah. I mean, even if you want to do that or if you want to do like high end video production, you want to create games, you want to be anything, you know, full range really. Got it. So like that would be in my word processor, online Chrome computer, uh, the opposite end of that seems like uh, hardcore gamer slash like graphics cards yeah. and and high high yeah. video production. So being able to service those two extremes seem like very different customers. And this kind of goes back to the idea of uh, challenging a common business trope of like you know the riches are in niches. Have a small niche where. Are are you loving? It seems like variety is a very healthy thing. Are you loving that you can serve these two extremes of customer? Yeah. At the end of the day, it can be very rewarding. Um, it, Like I said, it has its challenges, but I've always worked in places where there is a specialized category or niche or like I've worked in that uh, for Apple. So, you know, that's all Apple products and I'm totally an Apple guy. My business card even says a Mac guy. Mm. Um, and in my mind, when I conceptualized this shop, I was thinking about all the times I worked at these places, but I always wondered, I was like, man, if I could have just fixed that person's laptop, we could have made another, whatever, 60 bucks, 100 bucks. I just think that. But because it's a Windows, I couldn't touch it. I'm mm-hmm. like, I know how to do it. Like, you know, so that's what came to my mind is I'm like, man, now I'm this, this whole exclusivity thing it's not even about that. It's just about like being able to fix anybody's tech problems. Like it's, it's, there's no place for people to go really for PC support. You know, Apple, you still have options. There's a whole like world of retail for Apple based products, but for Microsoft and PC and even like we'll talk about cell phones for a second, Android devices and mm. stuff. There's not a lot of options for service and repair. And you know, I understand why after being in the industry, I get why, but at the same time, just because something's challenging doesn't mean you shouldn't do it, mm-hmm. you know? And it is, is the why in that, because it, you, you piqued my interest, is the why in that just because there are so many different uh, Android devices and so many different yeah, Windows operating? Yeah, so why it's a challenge is because, yeah, there's just no consistency. You can't create a system like me or early, we can do these things right now, right? But we are building and developing a system so that when we have employees in the future, mm-hmm. you know, we can't expect them to be on our level because it's just we, this is what we do. You know, when you're when you're hiring somebody as a part-timer or something, you have to train them, you're going to have to, um, you know, bring someone in at the level that you can afford. Mm-hmm. And that's just like how this works, right? And so, uh, it makes it very difficult to, to create a system. Whereas for like all the Apple stuff, I'm able to create that more and more. I can create a very standardized pricing. Mm-hmm. So there's no like, you know, it's just clean. 
With Windows, it's more of a custom solution. You know, all the parts and everything is more of a custom solution. But, you know, at the end of the day, like I said, it's a challenge. It's not something a lot of people do. So there's no system that I can copy. Mm-hmm. You know, there's nothing that I can just say like, oh, let me mimic this and take from that. It's just something that's going to take some time and we're building it. And so far, I mean, at the end of the day, as long as the customer is happy, as long as our client is happy on the back end, whatever we have to do for now, who cares? Sure. You know, we'll do it. It's not the, ult- the ultimate goal is to be building and creating these systems to like run things efficiently. And that's what we're doing. But till then, we just got to do it because once we do that for the PC world, there'll be nobody that does that. Yeah. So it'll be pretty exciting. I, lo- I, lo- I love that. Uh, there's two concepts that are coming up for me. And one we've talked about on the podcast a couple of times, which is uh, the, a book called the, the E-Myth. Have you heard of this? The E-Myth. It sounds vaguely familiar. Yeah. It, it's a, it's one of those top business books, but just, it, it talks a lot about um, process building in businesses and how, uh, owners that work in a business like it's a very slippery slope if you are you know uh, if you own a bakery and you're the baker and you do all the baking uh you can't necessarily really grow the business like there's a there's a limit on on where you can get and so you are the you know semantics a small business owner at that point and not necessarily an entrepreneur who's scaling a business and potentially could walk away from it um or just you know extract revenue from a uh a value that you've created yeah. to the community uh and so he talks a lot about systems building and it's a cool book and but it does seem exactly like where you are where you're thinking about directionally and then there's this other concept uh which is talked about by a bunch of other people but um thinking of uh jay abraham who talks about like the law of preeminence in business and how it it should be a business owner's objective to just own a part of the customer's brain and want to be just the choice the per and you don't have to be the one who solves it but like i need to go, I, I need no, to too. be i need to go to anuj when yeah when there is a problem that has exactly. uh, zeros and ones involved in it right if there is tech if there is a black screen uh you know i need to send i need to think first Go to Anuj and he'll tell me what the right choice is. And if you can be there, you're set. No, that's kind of like, that's, that's exactly it. That's kind of combining it. Like, yes, I, I always struggle like with the balance of growing the business and the, and the ser- doing the business as mm-hmm. well. And that's why early is like the master of service. Um, and that's just also like, his strong suit Mm. as well. Like, you know, he is an engineer background, you know, and, uh, and he, he's been to school for it and everything. And, you know, he's a self-engineer, he's an inventor, creator, innovator. And so him being kind of like really heading and managing and, and being able to take that, like the, the response full responsibility, almost in a sense Mm. off really helps and does allow it, uh, allow me to be able to, do that and grow the business and exactly like, uh, you know, owning a part of that customer's brain. Like for me, I tell that to every customer, like whatever you need, just at least ask me if I can't give it to you, I'll point you in the direction or I'll tell you what, you know, for a lack of better words, mm-hmm. you know, 
what I say is like, just contact me, be my first, be that. And I do it. And we just recently did a thing now where you can text our, our shop phone line. It's like a landline, but you can text it comes to my computer, comes to my phone. Um, and it's just a real, it's also, there's a little widget on the website. Click on that. It's the same text thing. So, uh, just really being there. Yeah. And, 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 and where your audience is, where your customer is. Right. So like it, it being able to be texted could be the differentiator, right? Like it's nine o'clock and my Apple TV is not working. I, I, let me throw a text out and just see if anyone's there. Like I know it's a small business. Yeah, I know it's Asheville. Already. I mean, day one, since the first day I got it, it was like direct results. It wow. already like paid for its first month. So I was like, all right, cool. What, what, what is that software? I'm interested. Uh, it's called Ikeono. So I use Lightspeed for my CRM and mm-hmm. uh, work order POS system. All of it. It kind of does all of that in one. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Ikeono is a plugin designed for Lightspeed that basically puts the texting, it links, you, you give them your phone number, they set up things on their back end, it links it to it, and then basically you can download the Ikeono app on your phone, you can be logged into Lightspeed on your computer like you would be anyways, and another thing pops up that says show messages, and it ties everything very clean from like their work order, you can see their chat history, you can send them an invoice right there. They can pay for it. Mm. Uh, it just totally leveled up, leveled up our business and the efficiency and like the amount of work I have to do went down a little. So hey, I like it. I'm very into <laughs> software. Because that's you know I, I take customer service super super seriously. I mean, when we first opened up. Even now, I always ask people, how did you hear about us, blah, 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 always wanting to know how people found out about us, right? And one of the things that people say, you know, like Google or whatever, you know, whatever they'll say, but then after what they told me, how they found me, they always say, you picked up the phone right mm. away. You, you picked up and you talked and you were nice and kind, and that is the only reason I decided to come to you. And that is like awesome and humbling and also kind of funny. And thankfully, we are skilled as well. And our work shows it. Otherwise, you know, like, it's just funny, you know, between all that, the Google reviews and the call and just being there. Uh, this, this guy once, this Austrian guy once during my travel to Costa Rica, um, he taught me this thing. He ingrained this phrase in my head. And I've never, I still say it almost daily to somebody. Uh, and he said, if you build a fire, the people will come. And that night he kept building a fire all night long on the beach. And believe it or not, people came. But like, the thing is you, you build a fire, people will come. I've, I've never realized how true that was until opening this business. Just put yourself out there. Don't be afraid, you know, wave around in the air a little, if you got to just be yourself, be free. <laughs> And people will come to you. And that's like kind of the, some of the biggest grand life lessons I'm getting this opinion expected yet. Or, you know, didn't even know I'd be getting. Yeah. I, I, I love that. Uh, it, I almost said something similar at the start of your story when you said we opened and we weren't sure what was going to happen. Right. Like the first two weeks were a little <laughs> stressful. And so there's a movie uh, called Field of Dreams 
where a voice <laughs> from the distance uh, says, if you build it, they will come. Uh, if you build it, they will come. And uh, it's unclear what that means. Kevin Counselor ends up building a baseball field in in uh, in the middle of this like uh, farm for, uh, corn corn farm. Uh, anyway, uh, and so like there's this there's this there's this give and take in that concept, and I I completely agree with it. Except when you build something in darkness, when you build something. And and don't put it out in the sun for people to see it. And so your example of if you build a fire, people will come. To me, is even better than if you build it, they will come. Because build it and not show it does not work, right? You can't you can't <laughs> launch a business and not yeah, you, you know build- not let anyone see it. Yeah, you got to build something that shines and glows, and like that's that's what we always wanted. Yeah, and so you've you've done an incredible job of of building something that shines and glows. And the other thought that I, I thought of is like sometimes being in sales, it's really just a matter of doing a couple things right. Right? It's like picking up the phone. It's uh, you know when when someone's calling, it's picking up the phone when no one's calling and calling people yeah. and like starting conversations. Uh, and then it's doing things that you say you're going to do, like fulfilling on a promise, is really like at the end of the day. This is a, people are like, oh my god, they're yeah. the best in the world, and you're like, all I did was what I said I was going to do. <laughs> exactly, and that's really honesty is really the biggest thing. Being straightforward, honest, and and doing what you say you're going to do, keeping your promises, and people are happy. And you know the old school phrase: uh, undersell and over deliver. Don't oversell and under deliver. That that could go totally wrong. That's that. Yeah, yeah. It seems like a, a lot of people might uh, <laughs> oversell and underdeliver, and so even if you uh, sell appropriately, it puts you in the up, you know, in an upper hand. And so to 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 think about um, where you are. So there's a couple things that from you've alluded to in your past, right? So North Carolina uh, exposure mm-hmm. to um, mm. franchises, right? So I'm I'm fascinated yeah. by the idea of like business yeah. in a box. Uh, we have all these systems built. We have a back end somehow, like a clearinghouse locally that like supports or does the marketing or does whatever the thing is. But it still takes incredible courage and tenacity to open a franchise. I'm excited oh, by franchise yeah. owners. I'm excited by the the world of franchises. So w- give me a little bit more about uh, your cool. background, if you don't mind. Sure. I moved here uh, in 93 to America with my family. And so... You know, the younger days, it was just like being a happy kid and not like seeing and witnessing that much other than all the time seeing my parents work. They worked at a tiny little motel that they had kind of gotten a loan. In the 90s, it was easier to get loans and stuff mm. uh, <clears throat> to to get this motel. So beyond that, you know, the hospitality industry is what I've seen a lot in. I've worked. I had to work in my family's hotel. And it's just, it, it has its own challenges, just like creating your own thing does, because just as like having no rules has its challenges of like, what can I do? There's so much endless possibilities. It's like having so many rules makes it difficult. And uh, really, it's just, it's just, uh, it's just a very different style of business. But it, at that time, it was the smartest thing to do. I mean, even now it can be, but 
back then the way prices were and your like return on investment mm. like if you owned a, a restaurant like a, like a fast food restaurant or a motel if you owned a motel you were like probably going to do really well uh so you own the building itself you know uh gas stations convenience stores all of that so between my dad my uncles and cousins and all sorts of family i mean i have been in around or worked with all sorts of franchises quiznos being a huge one mm. uh, my family owned several quiznos in the triangle area and I, uh, you know since i was in high school i had to work in those all the time and you know it's just kind of at the end of the day fundamentally it's still a business and it's still like managing cash flow mm. it's just like get to do it is different so for some people's brains and minds having that system set and ready to go and following it is like the best use of their energy and i think that that's awesome i think that's great that if you can do that for me it just never works out i mean never i'm not a rule follower i guess you know or like i can't like stay within confined within any guidelines or boxes because i don't know some, i might get an exciting idea and might want to implement it right away. Mm. Um, sometimes you do that and it, it rewards you. So I've seen that and I, I, I realized even when I was opening up uh, Tech House and I already had the company established and everything, I was looking into any sort of repair chains just because why not, you know? Yeah. It's already set for you. Maybe the revenue stream would start up faster, mm-hmm. yada, yada. Into that. And, you know, obviously my family was all up for it. You know, they they were like, yeah, that's a, that's a great idea. But I knew deep down inside, like, long run, that's not what I would have enjoyed. Like, I would have probably wanted to be done with that after a few years or something. It would have felt more like a job. Sure. Not so much more. And even though you do have a lot of liberties being a business owner in franchise world, it does at the end of the day still oftentimes feel like a job. You know, like, even I have not been a franchise owner myself, per mm-hmm. se, but just being so close to my dad to my cousin who's like a brother to me and like hearing him and seeing him i can just tell like it's not for me yeah but for a lot of people it's a great great way to to start building yourself sure how, how has being so close to uh franchises uh, affected the way that you're thinking about your business today right so it's one thing to say like i know that i don't play well within confines of rules and uh, having explicit, you know, reporting timelines, whatever the things might be like, but how, how, how has it affected the way that you're thinking about your business uh, for, for like, I'm going to go completely against this or I'm going to go and steal some of these concepts. What shows up? Oh yeah. A lot of stealing, first of all, Mm -hmm. because everything does have good and bad in it, you know, and that's, that's just like, how I have always learned to steal the good and leave the bad from things. And one of the great things that franchises has taught me is the importance of building and creating a consistent system and a way of doing things and a process and all of that, which, you know, I got that experience from, from working with the franchises and being able to work in different stores of the franchises. And then, and then, Seeing like, oh, I could go and work at any of these stores and not skip a beat because even though different layout is a little different, maybe the tomatoes are here instead of here or something like that. But otherwise, 
it's consistent. And I know that if and when that time comes where there's a tech house number two, something like that, mm. you know, I'm going to be taking a lot more from that as well. And mm. like, let's hope, you know, there won't be a number two until systems are just like super solid, mm-hmm. which they're totally on their way to be, you know, already. Uh, but all that being said, like that's how I can see the franchise really, the franchise experience has really helped me is that just being able to remember, stay organized, mm. keep these things structured, keep a schedule, keep these. And those are the part of like the quote unquote rules system or whatever that I do align with that I'm like, Hey, no, these things that I see that they have helped, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. You mentioned cash flow. uh, as a important part of, of your family's businesses, any lessons of cash flow that have stood out to you over the years? <laughs> don't have sunken costs. Don't don't get like uh, like for me, for example, like inventory. You know, this is something I've learned and from growing up, and my dad has always taught me too. It's like for a small business, especially, like you can't afford to have a lot of inventory, even if it seems like you can. You just cannot. And that's, that's, uh, that's a huge one, you know, just like, uh, man, so many others. Yeah. So, so like the idea of like, I, I save, you know, two cents per unit. If I buy a thousand instead of a hundred, like maybe I'll buy a hundred oh, yeah. rolls of toilet paper but, this month. But see if, uh-huh. so then if I do that and I can't sell all of them yeah. now, this money that I could have spent towards either buying something else that I could have sold or maybe towards marketing that could also bring me some revenue or whatever. It's just sitting there yeah. kind of hanging out, taking up space, maybe even collecting a little dust, you know? Yeah. And, um, you know, thankfully we have been pretty good about that. We, but we already have just a few months we've been open. We've already Learn the lesson the hard way, the reminder the hard way, like don't get too much inventory. Cause just like you said, oh man, I got this computer for a great deal. I got this computer for an awesome deal. I'm like, we're going to fix this up. We're going to do this. Like, obviously you want to do it, but when you start doing that, you know, everything comes in waves. So you might still be sitting with five amazing, beautiful MacBooks for a month before they sell. Mm, yeah. So that cash could have been used for other things that sold quicker and you know, so it's just a balance. It's mm. all a risk and a gamble, but we're learning a lot, learning just a lot about, you know, supply and demand and what we can afford to keep. And we're, we're trying to keep more and more parts in stock now as well so that we can do on the spot repairs more than we could before, mm-hmm. you know, so carry more model screens and, and batteries and the common items at least have that ready. Boom which is really hard for a small business to have all that, like all that inventory, even just like one screen of each iPhone is pretty expensive. Sure. There've been a lot of iPhones at this point. Yeah. So I can't imagine times that by every device. Exactly. Uh, Exactly. Goodness. And some of them are in black and white and the screens have differences. So, you know, and then you got to find good high quality parts because I don't want to be one of those places that sells the cheapest screens from whatever, just for the heck of it, you know, like, if you get a screen replaced by Tech House, it should basically look and feel like the screen you had before. It shouldn't You shouldn't have any other weirdness to it. So, you know, with all that in mind, it's hard to keep, keep you know, a good, healthy stock of inventory, but that'll change in time. Mm-hmm. You know, as we 
are growing, we'll be able to invest into that more. And that's, that's what we're able to do now. I love it. And uh, I think that that's powerful. So your your family seems loaded with entrepreneurs. Is that fair? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we, we uh, come from that. Even in India, even, uh, I mean, that's where my dad, my dad was in the military and then he, he got a, he did an honorable discharge and then started his own business in India. And that's kind of what, I guess he was always kind of like a business man, hustler kind of person. Because mm-hmm. I guess to be in the Indian army, you got to be, I guess. <laughs> but, uh, you know, uh, that's yeah that happened and then that business now he sold it to his cousin yeah and uh it's doing great in india you know it's a security guards business uh and yeah i was just like i've always been around it also when i was younger you know i just hang out with my dad all the time or like we just you know i'd have to go run errands with him so i was always just riding shotgun wherever whatever we were doing i was kind of almost an assistant I mean, at the age of like 10 and 11 and 12, I was calling people and arguing stuff on the phone for my dad. Like, why did you charge us this or that? And like, why is the phone bill so high? And yeah. like, I was doing these things like before I was literally a teenager. Yeah. You know, so I'm grateful for that now that because I have the skills to be able to talk and do what I need and get, you know, make progress. I, I love that. I'm wondering, maybe without you know pitting any uh, uncle or cousin or aunt uh, for, against yeah. brothers or sisters, uh, I'm wondering if you have, uh, did you identify in a family of so many entrepreneurs uh, skills or tactics or energies? Like one of the things I'm thinking of, and I'm, I'm drawing, grabbing at straws. I don't know if they're there. Mm-hmm. Is the idea that like maybe an uncle was always like very manic, like totally stressed out about payroll or about this or that. And you had this aunt who was just always good. She was always good. No matter what, like things are good. Her employees were happy. Like, did you, were you able to identify different traits in this entrepreneurial family? Yeah. I saw a family that was doing it right. And some that just, I wouldn't want to do it like that, you know? Yeah, but everyone's scenario is different too. Sure. So it's like, no, for sure, for sure. Where I'm like, how are you keeping your cool and you're not? <laughs> and I, I have, that's a practice, right? That's a practice in life. Stay cool and collected when faced with adversity, and that's something that nobody perfects, right? Every, there's varying levels of that, but like, uh, that's just what I realized and learned, and I got to see that. I'm like, yeah, because I like literally two uncles are brothers. And night and day difference. And they both have the same kind of franchise store. And it's just, and they both did well and made money. But the one was just always stressed out and the other one wasn't. And I was just like, that is hilarious. And then it didn't, it helped that they were brothers. Yeah. Blood brothers, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, I, 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 I cool. imagine that that would be helpful. So with that, like how, how do you want to show up in the world? How do you want uh, to feel as you grow Tech House? Yeah, I mean, uh, several ways I want to show up. Like, obviously, I want to show up for my business and like any of the any of our clients or people needing services from our business. I want to be able to be there, you know, to back it up in any way, shape, or form. Uh, I also want to be able to help other people do what I'm doing. Seriously, the 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 
response from the community since I've kind of really publicly been open and, and like sharing about the business, like before I even had the store and whatnot, blew my mind away. I mean, I knew Asheville community is awesome. I really did. Always, you know, I've been here seven years, you know, but really seeing the action behind the talk through the community was big. And I'm sorry, I lost my train of thought real quick. What were we talking Just, about? Yeah, no, I think you're, you're in the right direction, losing the train or not. So it was about where, where do you want to be? Like, how do you want to feel? Uh, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So I want to bring people to that because I just realized like, man, I do have a lot. I have to do all this by myself mm. and yeah, I have help, but like building a website, you know, thankfully I'm a techie enough person and I used to do it when I was younger. So I knew it, but you know, even then I used Squarespace. So that has its challenges and like building a website, getting the Google pages, all these things I've done that I know have directly given me business. I want to be able to help people with that. You know, I, I'm always trying to do that. One of my friends, um, uh, her name is Jasmine, and she just opened up a, a yoga studio in downtown Asheville. And she's a she's a um, uh, a black yoga instructor, and she's got a website and everything, and LLC full on. I've been working with her like we we know each other for many years now, and I've been working with her with her website, anything I can to help her. And, in fact, uh, I, she also works with me on my business, and I've hired her to do my social media. So all those beautiful Instagram posts you see, all the fun stuff, you know, the content comes from everywhere, but she really takes on the, the role for, for me and, and helps out that way. So I just want to be up that, that for the community. I want to be able to at least point people in the right direction based off of what I've experienced. And, like, I'm good. I'm, I'm good at one of those being one of those people that can just kind of go into a dark cave with a headlamp on and mm. like explore and have fun because I'm a techie person and I come from the business background, but I can understand for so many people, like it's a lot of things to set up like, yeah. just to set up your own business in 2021 is not like doing it in 1991 where it was like a couple of papers and maybe this and that. And you got your checkbooks and you got your ledger and you know, business cards, boom, boom. It's like now website, Google page, reviews, this, that, social media, blah, 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 LinkedIn, yada, yada, notifications, messages. So it's just a whole different game now. And thankfully, like, though it's not necessarily like a service we offer through Tech House, at, at any point, if anybody ever asks me a question about the business or what they could do, or like if I have any ideas, like, that's just fun to talk about. So why not like help people and like, you know, I want to see I want to see minorities in Asheville really rise and hold space and have this because I've experienced how awesome it is being uh, being Indian and having this space in downtown physical space. It it, it does something. It does diversify Asheville for real. Diversify, you know, um, and that's the first step. It's that change. You know, it's like. Actions speak louder than words. So for me, the best way to make a change isn't by posting all these things and trying to tell people what to do in life. Like, you need to be doing this. You need to be doing that. My way is rather like, let's build stuff where we can be independent. And I'll help you with that. If you want that, I will help you no matter what. And uh, what's that? But yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I... I, I love all of the energy in that. And what that points to is a 
perhaps a, a future where tech house um really is like the you know preeminent uh and sits in in the mind is like hey i i know that i'm starting a business and that takes technology i need to have a conversation about technology exactly. like foundational conversation about technology oh yeah and i mean we have clients very much like even like i guess like if i had to you know earlier we were talking about <clears throat> business and consumer clients mm -hmm. but we probably have more business clients than I even think because not everyone shares a lot of details of their life. But I mean, we've built computers for graphic designers. Well, we've built computers or sold found and service machines for video editors, like professionals in the industry. Um, I mean, yeah, that's the thing. Yeah. Totally thing. And, and, and I love it. So when thinking about where early days of the second quarter, I don't know how you think about the year, second quarter of 2021, yeah. Uh, yeah, what are, what are some, you know, we learned in, we learned last year that having targets are sometimes just like, you know, a fun concept, but do you have any big targets for, for this year ahead? Like milestones, trying to have someone on yeah. staff, you're trying to, what are we, what are we looking at? It would be amazing if by the fall, roughly fallish, you know, we were able to, uh, uh, hire a part-time or full-time employee. Uh, if we're able to 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 continue this path, uh, we'll be able to do that and be able to again then increase how much we can take in, how fast we can you know be able to put things out, where mine and early's energies are even better directed. Mm. Um, so that's a huge goal for us. We also want to kind of really get really uh, get into the whole advertising game mm. now. You know, we want to create video ads. We want to do that. Both of us, both early and I are artists of, of different and similar types. We both don't mind being in front of a camera and talking or whatever. And mm -hmm. we want to like, we want to have commercials and ads. Like it's, it's funny, but like we want to have some of those old school type ads that will just work so well with Asheville clientele, <laughs> you know, kind of make them a little cheesy. Do you have a cell phone and, that like has it? <laughs> yeah. Kind exactly. Of. You got it. You got it. You know, and like, cause that's really what it, what's funny yeah. is like, there are actual real interactions that sound like these commercials and like, it's actually very real, but, but yeah. it's also funny. Yeah. Uh, but really just the concrete goals of being able to, continue finishing like building our system and our procedures hire hire uh, people be able to have a more consistent um, stock of inventory and just kind of like be able to to grow to the next level be able to pay ourselves more mm. you know I mean ultimately like we are looking for financial liberation out of this early and I you know if we had all the money in the world. As much as we both love to work, we'd probably be working on, you know, anywhere, anything else, right? But but we're doing this very focused, intentful business so that we can earn a very sustainable, um, consistent income. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of like really, really the goal. Okay. Uh, none of these sound super, super concrete uh, as far as like anything uh, super like that you can touch, but it's really like, the focus is where yeah, we're at. I, I think that those are all directional and those are all, uh, I, I think at the end of the day, um, having a, a North star is often more powerful than having a well-written out, you know, uh, I, I think back to MapQuest, like go 200 yards, yeah. turn right. You know, like 
at the end of the day, I'd rather know that that's where I'm headed over here in the distance uh, and figure out how to get there than be looking down at the directions that say, you know, continue straight for a quarter mile. Yeah, no, that's exactly it. You know, it's uh, some of it. We definitely know what we want. And some of it is still just a little bit of a mystery because uh, like I said, this is still, this is no matter how much business experience from my family and being around it, I've had, there's nothing that compares to actually being in it full on being responsible for it. Um, And it's just so still such a, such a learning process for us, but it's exciting. It's fun. And like, we just have, there's no option of like failure for us. So there's no, like, we just don't see that at all. We just have to continue being smart, reassessing all the time. That's part of our thing. You know, not every day is smooth and breezy. You know, we have very rough days. Like it, that's just normal. There's no nothing about it. When we have those, we have to take time and reassess. Like, how can we tweak the system? Mm-hmm. What goals do we have now at the moment? What do we really need to take care of? What is lesser priority? And uh, that's kind of another beauty of working with early, early. And I have a very you know, we can communicate with each other and like really express what we need to without anyone's feelings really getting hurt. You know, we know, we know that we both have the same good intention in mm. mind. Um, and with that in mind, it, it's awesome. Like I've never had the opportunity to work closely with someone where we can together complement each other and solve so many problems. Like that is a, it's a wild, wild, again, something to be very grateful for. You might have heard Range Urgent Care on our podcast. Husband and wife team lives right here in Asheville, building a better urgent care model. What are they doing? They're making scheduling seamless and straightforward and honest. When they say they'll see you at 4 p.m., you'll be seen at 4 p.m. They make pricing straightforward as well. $149 a visit or less if you subscribe to an annual subscription, which I do. It costs me $30 a month, and I love the peace of mind. But not just that. You don't just get to go in person. You can do virtual visits uh, over your computer or over your phone, and they'll even come to you. They'll do home visits. And to me, I mean, it seems like a absolute no-brainer. You can bring they have family plans. They have business plans. To me, it's a peace of mind thing. It, it makes me feel confident and comfortable knowing that I can see range uh, in my subscription a number of times a year and it's built into my my plan. I will not be surprised by a crazy cost and it is covered by most major insurance policies. So if you haven't heard of Range Urgent Care, I welcome you to check out that episode with the power couple that runs it. You can check out com forward slash range makingitinashville.com forward slash range to read more about these subscription options and get links to the range website using our link or using our discount code of making it in Asheville will get you a free month in an annual subscription. Again, range urgent care. You can say that we sent you or visit makingitinashville.com forward slash range. I love that. Very grateful for. <laughs> sure, and I, I think, I think to the whether it's a anecdote or a trope or whatever, whatever it is, the the idea that a a, a calm sea never made a a great sailor, right? It, it it you want if you're if you're able to 
choose the course, if you're really being smart, you would ask for difficulty. <laughs> like you wouldn't ask exactly. for a smooth sailing uh, because exactly. at, at the end of the day, that outcome is better if there was challenges. It's just by, you know, oh, yeah. by definition. So I, I, I hear where you're at oh. and I, I'm excited by that. And I, uh, I think that oftentimes setting goals that are perhaps tangible or specific are, are as good as the, the act of setting the goals, but don't necessarily mean much. And I, I, I personally like directional targeting uh, more. Yeah. Yeah. I've been relearning a lot of things I've learned in my life. And exactly, you know, maybe a couple of years ago, if you asked me this question, I would beat myself up a little bit about it where I was like, man, I should know this. Like I should have something more direct, super targeted and this and that. But as I've gotten older, I've realized, man, you got to learn and teach yourself like the way that works best for you. You know, that's why traditional schooling was always very difficult for me. It's not that I didn't want to learn. Shoot, I love learning. That's uh, that's what I do every night. Like what I do is I chill out and I, I learn something. I either I'm learning something about computers or or music or video or like or I'm watching a show or a movie. But it's with the intent of learning seeing all of that it's a little different than just like i'm watching it you know sure it's still just as fun but so sure. that's that's the thing <laughs> what is your what is your learning platform for for me it is youtube i am on youtube yeah dude i mean mostly youtube because there's just such a plethora of options and then you know also just uh, doing it mm-hmm. sometimes you just got to do it you got to say hey i watched a video or two and i just gotta i gotta be hands-on and you're gonna break things, mm-hmm. and you're gonna mess up, or you're not gonna do something right. So that's just uh, that's the part of learning. Sure. Um, uh, I I hear hear hear. I, I I'm in that phase right now. I've watched so many YouTube videos on so many things, and I now have like a little workshop, and I'm so excited. And I'm like, oh no, you know, it's time to actually cut some hey, wood. You know, like at the end of the go, day, you can watch it. woodworking. You gotta cut the wood. Gotta do it exactly. Measure twice, cut one. Yeah, I, I love that. So, uh, <laughs> talk to me. Like you know, you mentioned a little bit on your downtime. It, it does seem like uh, technology is a major part of your life. You've also mentioned music. What, what else? Uh, how else do you pass the time when you're yeah. not solving people's Man. tech issues? So, yeah. So uh, now that it's getting warm out, one of my favorite, favorite, favorite activities in life is riding my motorcycle. Mm. I love it. We so, live what, in the what motorcycle do you have? I have a Ninja 650. Oh wow! Okay, cool. Yeah, I have it's a super fun. It's like I also so, have a yeah. 650, but mine is way softer than that. I have a I have a BMW uh, 650 uh, GS, so it's like a adventure style, oh, and it, it kind of thumps. It you. like you know, it gets up to no, 60 after funny. 10, 20 seconds. Uh, that's funny. Yeah, this thing. Uh... This thing gets a hundred way too fast, or, or or sixty-five way too fast, you know. Like, but it's fun. It's great around the mountains. That that's a that's something I love. I love uh, just working on music. Has always just kind of been a really fun. Uh, like, I can get into my world. You know, I'm out. I can like go somewhere else when I'm working on my own music, and I can fall into that place. It's just always been really fun. And I produce using Ableton. Mm. So again, using my computer and uh, MIDI controllers and stuff like that. And I'm just like, it allows me to 
combine my my like love for computers and the nerdiness of how how software works with music and it's super fun uh, you know just love going outdoors and 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 I'm, I'm excited for things to slowly you know yeah re- regress from pandemic state in a sense like you know as, as people are getting vaccinated and you know things are shifting and moving i'm really excited for that um but yeah i mean really i kind of lately have been a very very much to myself mm-hmm. kind of person and like learning things on youtube making music riding my bike maybe working on a project even in the shop sometimes like, mm-hmm. you know some little thing that i gotta do these are all things i enjoy you know hanging out with friends here and there as well w- what like, type of music i'm interested so Kind of, it's uh, it's really hard to put a genre on it, but like I kind of have all sorts of different styles in mind. Like some of my music can be very techno-y, some of it can be just very house, some of it is very like it's very trap inspired. Uh, a lot of it's very Eastern inspired. It's just my style. Like I, I was born in India. Culturally, uh, I I've always felt very Indian. Uh, English is even my second language. So. Uh, even a lot of my music, you if you hear it instantly, you're like, oh, yeah, that's me. Because it's just the sounds that I like that are very natural to me that just, like, I can bring out from inside, you know? So it's hard to explain genre, but, I mean, it can be all over the place. Some of it sounds, like, super electronic, and some of it sounds super organic. Yeah. But it is still electronic. It's just kind of whatever mood I'm in. Yeah. Well, do, you, do you publish any of it? Like, do you have an alter ego on the uh, internet? things up i have a few things up but more uh, alter ego on the internet uh, a new one is to be coming very <laughs> okay, cool uh if, <laughs> if you would like we're, we'd be glad to put some links to the alter ego's oh, yeah. account for sure uh early's a very talented musician as well I'll definitely send you some stuff of his he he's got he's got cool stuff going on love it uh yeah we're yeah. we're all about supporting uh here at making a nashville so uh with that i mean the, there's a a uh, uh, mental thing that I'll do Venn diagram. You have Asheville. You have the word community. Mm-hmm. They're overlapping in some way. What things show up in that overlap space? Uh, you can say words, or you can just kind of talk about it. But Asheville mm-hmm. and community. Cool. That's, a, that's an interesting. Like the Venn diagram. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> things that overlap uh, in Asheville and community is is really just that. Uh, Community. I mean, it's it's really hard to, to 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 not use that word, but it really is. I mean, it's that looking looking out for each other, just taking a moment to look out for each other. It doesn't always happen, but when it does happen here, it's beautiful. Um, it's just teaching people, bringing people together. You know, bridging gaps. That's community. You know, like where there's a gap, if you can bridge it. That's great, and I see that in Asheville all the time. I I love that as a response. I think um, I've seen that as well. I've never been in a place where I've known more or been aware of as much, and that's from like the good work of people in the community uh, acting like the bridge. In a past episode, that was a, uh, a theme that came up, but you know, be, being the bridge. Uh, yeah. And 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 showing up. So I I, I love that as an answer. With um, with Tech House, 
how how might people find you right like where would they would they where's your brick and mortar we're in the we're in the waning moments of this podcast where where would they go so yeah so uh tech house is located uh at 46 the big art uh bus station so that's really nice anybody can hop on a bus and then it's literally a 30 second walk to tech house also right next to the post office basically um it's located downtown you can find us you know if you type in computer repair near me the chances are probably going to be pretty high that tech house comes up so you don't know where i am you can't remember the name for some reason you know you'll probably stumble upon me because i'm putting myself out there we are you know we just Love are it. yeah and you uh, are not building in the darkness yeah, yeah you, not at all you not you've built the flame Whole life Lights, everything. We got floodlights, we got generators, <laughs> solar power, everything. Day, night, yeah. lights are on. Lights are Actually, on. If you come into our store, you can see that very uh, metaphorically and physically as well, because we have it lit up very like bright, you I, know, clean, like visible environment. I, I love that. And how would they find you uh, online and on social media? The... The biggest way people have found us, honestly, as far as people who just don't know anything about Tech House, who we are, whatever, is Google, mm. you know, doing a little bit of Google ads, but really just uh, uh, on my website, really doing my SEO on it and the stuff required to, to optimize your website to pop up organically in the mm-hmm. searches, uh, you know, asking our customers to leave us a review on Google if they're happy with things adding pictures, things like that. Cause Google is just like, people just always type in the most generic things. And being downtown is, is good for us. Yeah. And I think you type that in, uh, you can do that. Social media, Instagram is a huge one, to be honest. Uh, our tech house, ADL Instagram. I've never been like a huge social media person as far as like, I didn't know much about it. I didn't like to put a lot of energy in it. Yeah. You know, I knew it was good, but I just didn't, and so we didn't really use the tech house Instagram, I think, till like the first day or two after we opened. So from that time, from October 29th to now, we went from zero to like 700 plus uh, followers. We have such engagement on there. And it has actually resulted in direct business as well. Mm. So it's really cool. Like my views on Instagram and social media totally shifted after seeing the direct results. And now it's some it's a part of my daily like routine like check on it check in on that you know if any questions need to be answered yada yada you know um jasmine will post, ask me like all right cool something about a post and i'll send her a picture or some caption over and it's i see the importance of it i love that i think uh you, you mentioned all these crazy platforms that the average business owner needs to um, yeah. I, I like to say have a pulse on, they might, you might not need to be, you know, the world's greatest, uh, Instagrammer, but having an Instagram does add value, right? It's hard to argue that oh, it, totally. it doesn't, you don't need to be the world's greatest X, but having, uh, having the real estate owned by you that points to the place that you want them to go to actually reach out. It is wildly important. And so being consistent, I think, too, just helps. like having that consistent content. It just does something, whether it's the algorithms, but really, I think it does a thing to humans. Like when we see consistent content come out of a place, 
you're like, oh, that, that place is doing stuff. Yeah. Because we are. It's just like, you got to remember to take a picture or something. <laughs> That's the hardest. Sure. It's like, crap, I just did something so cool, but I was so involved and focused in the task. Yeah. That I got to take any pictures or videos of it, which is good because that's the goal anyway. Sure. But then it snapped a shot or two in. Sure. There's a, uh, that always reminds me of, uh, there was, I want to call it a, a blimpy ad. So it, it was, wouldn't it be funny if it wasn't blimpy, but I do think it was blimpy. And okay. I think the ad goes like, we paid a consulting firm a lot of money. And they told us that uh, customers need to see our, our name seven times before they consider a purchase. And it's this guy like cutting at a, at a meat slicer like a piece of i don't know whatever blimpy meat <laughs> and like their logo is like coming in and out of frame seven times and i've always thought of that as like uh the reason to be on social yeah. media is so that people see tech house you know seven times before they actually yeah, come that's funny that you say that because uh, another thing i love doing in my life is playing ping pong <laughs> so anybody want to play ping pong with me hit me up that was good but I love playing ping pong, and I have a theory that it takes seven games. For somebody who hasn't really played ping pong much, it takes seven games for you to, like, for to like really click. And it's true. Every time I play seven games with a friend who hasn't played before, the eighth game, they are a rock star. Wow. So, that is a wild theory. Have you, that. It, I something to that. Ping pong uh, enthusiasts and uh, tennis enthusiasts, I ask now, have you ever played pickleball? Which ball? Pickleball, like the uh, cucumber that has been pickled. Yeah. Oh, pickleball! No, yeah. no, no, yeah. I have not. What is that? <laughs> so it's uh, it is it is effectively if uh, ping pong and uh, tennis had a had a baby, it would be the middle of the mm. two, and it is a it is a fun sport. I think that you need a little bit of like a very refined motor skill to be decent at ping pong, okay. and then you need refined motor skill yeah. and strength to be good at tennis and like right. pickleball is this middle ground where it's kind of easy okay. to be okay. Yeah. For whatever that's worth. Okay. I'm going to have to check it out. I'm going to have to see, find me a pick a local pickleball pickup game or something. I don't, <laughs> yeah, I don't I, we, we, there are courts. Yeah. There are courts. Uh, that, that's for I, sure. It's I, like, I've never, you learn something new every yeah, day, right? It's like, I think you use a, a tennis court sideways is the way to get a, a uh, pickleball uh, setup but uh when we when we get that started i'll reach out to you and you will get oh, uh we have four rackets but we've never actually played locally uh, we, sarah's I've mother been known to be good at racket sports so definitely let me know <laughs> so uh thank you listener for making it to the pickleball section of this conversation we're gonna wrap real yeah. quick uh oh, one really more time where where would people find you your location your website your instagram for sure. So we're located downtown Asheville at 46 Commerce Street. Website is www.techhouseadl.com. Don't forget there's two H's in there. Easy to forget. And Instagram is also super easy. It's just at techhouseadl. Same with the two H's. Uh, Anuj, what a pleasure. Thank you so much for, for being our guest today. It was absolutely my pleasure. and I really appreciate it. Tony, you've been super awesome. I've never done something like this. You made it really easy and fun for me. Uh, so thanks a lot and keep at it as well. 